Welcome to Spritz and Scrums, a podcast by three Benetton fans with a love for Aperol and all things Rugby Italiano. In today's episode, we look back over (laughs) the New Zealand... (laughs) Sorry, guys, I... Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I just needed a minute. It wasn't very good, was it? Oh, well, for anyone that doesn't know, (laughs) should we do our 80 minutes in two minutes for the New Zealand game? 80 minutes in two minutes. Right, so here we are. The Italy versus New Zealand unofficial round of 16. If New Zealand lose they are out italy are in it to win it we kick off so far five minutes in it's all looking even stevens italy have thrown the ball around a bit but have been stopped by new zealand and then a low hold up that six minutes in jordan goes over for a try unfortunate but not the end of the world and then ah at 10 minutes tomaso allen keeping his 100 percent kicking record puts it over that's seven three and we are off and then, oh, wait, no, 17 minutes, Smith scores again. And then at 19 minutes, uh, they score again. And then at 22 minutes, New Zealand score again. 27 minutes, New Zealand score again. But now we're playing rugby. 34 minutes, fucking hell, Smith has scored three. And that's it. That's the end of the first half. Oh, wait, no, no, that's not the end of the first half. We're still playing. And uh, no, Surveyor scored another one. 45 minutes in. Shit. 49-3 at half time. Italy coming out to do the business. And here we go. And what, 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 what? And it goes down the right. And now oh, Capuzzo's being chased down by a million All Blacks. And he gets it down in the corner. A fantastic try. Italy are opening them up. And they are in it to win it. Oh, wait, no. New Zealand have scored again. And uh, now again. Yes, and again, and again, and oh, that's two for Coles now, and again, that's 76 minutes, that's probably the game over, oh wait, no, 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 here we go, and Italy are on the charge again, and Paolo Adogu and Monteione link up, and Italy are in the corner, so Italy win the last couple of minutes of the game, but overall it's 96-17. Third worst score in Italian rugby history. I think they have a cunning plan. Eddie thinks they did it on purpose. No, I don't think that. That would be bad sports. But I do think it was just a comedy of errors of everything that happened. New Zealand had to win it. Otherwise, they were out of the World Cup. They knew that. People were saying they were shit. The All Blacks don't like that. Italy didn't have to win it. They're scared. Not scared, that's insulting. But the All Blacks are a dominant thing to play against. And um, I just don't think they were quite up to it. And I think they underestimated just how ruthless the All Blacks can be. Well, I mean, we spoke about this. I don't know who will remember, um, if any of our listeners will remember. Coach, you may remember. We spoke about this many, many 
moons ago who did we think that we'd have a better chance of beating and how did we think this pool would work out and you said well I think we're better off trying to beat France because New Zealand if they lose to France will be upset they'll be down in the dumps and they will come back and do you remember the word you used for their comeback coach psychopaths biblical biblical uh, the worst parts of the bible yeah, that's yeah, what you said. Yeah. Well, that's, well, that's exactly. Of... Like, apparently, they were kicking off with each other in training this week or last week. That's about how what? seriously they were taking because they they were just so heated about it. It's difficult to play against any team when their back is against historically by far the best team in the world, and you know that you have another shot. They know they don't have another shot. Yeah, it was a school day. It was about forty points. It was pretty dire. If we're perfectly honest, there was 33 missed Italian tackles. The ball was only in play for 32 minutes. <laughs> that means there was over a missed tackle every minute against the most clinical team in the world that puts them all away. You give them an inch. There was an unlucky bounce <laughs> later on. So one of them should be chalked off. Um one of the 14, 14 tries. But Italy scored 17 points. They scored two tries. That's positive. Um, and all on to France. Look, let's not beat around the bush. That was a shit day for Italian rugby. You're not defined by one day. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably a really important point that the gammons at the back need to hear a little bit louder because the gammons at the back are the ones who sit there quietly and don't say Specifically anything. the Welsh gammons. Yeah, but I mean, they're no, all... No, I'm joking. Oh, we love the, the Welsh. They love the Welsh. I've got some family members who are Welsh. The Gam- In fact, we're, we've got, we're quite well represented here. I've got some family members who are Welsh. Coach has got some family members who are Irish. We've met Scottish people. There you go. All four home nations. No, but it, uh, going back to the gammons at the back, it is important to remember that one bad game does not define you, and that is what this was. And I think if Kieran Crowley is saying he's probably going to chuck it in the bin, I think we've got to just chuck it in the bin. Just chuck it in the bin. We've said it before, but it's what Clive Woodward said before he lost his mind, that, you know, if you have a big loss, forget about it. If you have a big win, analyse it. Yeah. Players that don't normally fall off tackles are falling off tackles. In defence, they were were like butter. It was nuts. The number of missed tackles was shocking. There's no analysing it. There is literally nothing to analyse. Well, the but thing I is, would like, but it... I would also <laughs> shut up, shut up, shut up. I am talking. Shut up. <laughs> I was going to say one of one no, of the no, four fine, things fine. I'm going to say. It's not all about you, coach. Go on, say your bloody thing. Go on. I forgot now. No, go on. Someone cut down a sycamore tree. <laughs> <laughs> And it's really, really sad. It's like a war crime. <laughs> About the game, coach. Oh. Not... Well, as a fan, it's hard to place the blame because on one hand, you can say all these things. Which one is it? Is it they gave up and the heads went down 20 minutes in? Or were the All Blacks that incredible? Now, I don't think the All Blacks are that incredible. So it puts you in a particularly bad place because you're basically saying, yes, okay, you didn't win, but you also didn't really give it your all well i think that's tough personally i have no anger towards the italian team because they had to suffer it yeah 
we all suffered it on TV, but they were on the pitch suffering it. And they didn't do that because they enjoyed it. And they didn't do that because they were lazy. It was just a disaster. These players are well and truly above the level that they displayed. So I think it is just one for the bin. Let's see what they do against France next week. If it's a similar thing against France, well, then shit. Well, then but it won't we can be, though, sit down it? and analyse it. No, I agree. I, I agree. Um, and again, for the gammons at the back that all came out and were like, oh, well, this is a clear example of why Italy aren't where they should be and shouldn't be allowed in the Six Nations. And- Pardon my French. They can all fuck off. Yeah. And I mean that because in the last couple of years, Italy's beaten Wales. They've beaten Australia. They've just smashed Japan. They've smashed Samoa. All right. So they're beating heavily the teams around them in the world rankings. And once in a while, they pick off one above them. All right. Sure. They lost to Georgia in Georgia in a terrible, terrible game last summer. Okay. But they're the only tier one team that's had the fucking bollocks to go to Georgia and play there. So all these other guys talking about like, oh, let Georgia in, let Georgia in, let Georgia in. I'm sorry, Scotland's never bothered to go there. Wales has never bothered to go there. Ireland's never bothered to go there. England's never bothered to go there. France has never bothered to go there. Italy actually went, all right? And they had a good game. Italy played badly. Georgia won. That's sport. The enemy of Italy is not Georgia. And these gammons, I mean, I'm sorry, Scotland, Scotland with their foreign side, okay, their under-20s aren't even in the under-20 World Cup. They're too shit. And for two years in a row, they've been too shit. And they didn't even win the league below. No, they're miles off it. They're not even invited to the bloody tournament. They're that bad. Wales, similar. they're under-18s, they're under-20s. They're nothing to write home about. They're consistently losing everything, right? So people talk about what did Italy bring? What Italy? What's their development like? Well, actually, it's pretty bloody good, to be honest. They've got the second youngest team at the World Cup. The only team that's younger than Italy at the World Cup is Eddie Jones's Australia, and that's because he decided to basically send his under-18s <laughs> on a god-complex sort of moment of madness where he just decided that anyone that's ever played professional rugby isn't allowed to be a wallaby anymore. <laughs> I'm sorry, I went on a bit of a ride. You did, it's all right. No, but to go back to your point, I agree. As frustrating and as horrific as those 80 minutes were, and I, I was a little bit drunk, um, and then I watched the highlights back just to kind of didn't want to put myself through the full 80 minutes again and the highlights were even worse so it was painful 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 but I'm not sat here going it's all his fault it's all their fault because we've spoken to some of these guys now Jacob um when he was there at the Challenge Cup semi-final where Benetton were nilled and he said it's a lot more painful being a part of that team than it is sitting in the stands. And I totally believe that. Monty said the exact same thing. Like, it's brutal when you're sitting there and you're getting battered as a player, like watching from either the sidelines or on the pitch. Like, there is no well, they had, worse they had feeling. A clip. They had a clip. I think it was Varney, Allen, Negri, and possibly Lamaro all sitting on the side, just looking absolutely distraught. I mean, no one wants to be put through that yeah and we, we, we support them we support them and also i just want to clarify as well with my with my rampaging because it comes across like a rant against the welsh and the scots and whatever it's absolutely not all right and i think people will find if they actually listen that 
that Italian rugby fans are some of the most open to a promotion relegation yeah. to the Six Nations. They are. And, and I believe that last time it was actually brought up uh, as a realistic opportunity, it was the Scottish uh, Rugby Football Union that turned it down. I might be wrong with that, but I, I've heard that on from liable sources that that's what's happened. But what I don't like is the the Twitter troll gammons coming out we lost one bad game yeah. against New Zealand and all of a sudden they're talking about the Six Nations again. Yeah. South Africa have no place in the Six Nations. They can piss off, <laughs> right? They should be in the Rugby Championship. They've historically always been in the Rugby Championship. They're a Southern Hemisphere bloody team. We don't divide it Western Hemisphere, Eastern Hemisphere. It's Northern Hemisphere, Southern Hemisphere. Yeah, and let's be honest, if, if we're going to open the Six Nations up, it should be opened up to teams like Georgia. But before we talk about the Six Nations, why don't any other home nations actually go, even with an A team, and play Portugal, and play Georgia? And let's not forget, Portugal are in it because Spain were disqualified. So that's a third team there, which is as good as Georgia and Portugal, which isn't even at the World Cup, because they had some lying South African prop <laughs> who told them that he was eligible when he wasn't and screwed the entire thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yes, um, I think that's it. It was a bad, one bad game. The New Zealand captain, Sam Keynes, at the end in his press conference, he said that Italy are a much better side than we saw and one of the most improved sides in rugby. They'll be cheering Italy on against France. It was one bad game. I don't think it's representative. I just think sometimes shit happens and you just don't click and it just doesn't come together. Obviously, we'll see on Friday whether I eat my own words and it is representative and actually Italy get battered by France. But I, I, I would bet a lot of money that that won't happen. I would. It can't happen. It literally can't happen. There's so much riding on this game because even though you know they weren't at their best, they they it sucks to to be hammered by a team so good. But mm. they need to show up. Kind of how we were saying in the chat, we need we need to turn up in the second half because yeah, if they're gonna get a, they're gonna get a score that a tier two yeah. team's gonna get. Everyone's gonna start talking about it, and it's gonna be very hard to defend. Oh, absolutely. If it's back to back, I completely agree. I think. Yeah. As it being one game, people can shut up. But yeah, I agree. If this happens again next week, then there's a real problem. I think that's true. If it happens next week, it will be a problem. And I just want to remind everyone <laughs> that the Italian clubs have won more trophies in the last five years than the Welsh or the Scottish clubs put together. All right? I just want me to know that. People are like, oh, professionalism in Italy is not really working. Well, I'm sorry. Bloody trophy winners. <laughs> no Welsh club has won a trophy since, what, 2017? What, Benetton won in 2021, the last Pro 14 competition? Massive rainbow cut. I mean, has Scotland ever won anything in, in the clubs? Piss poor. Right, we're going to have to control Eddie tonight, but um, I think it was a one-off, and I don't think we have any risk of repeating what we saw because this next game is to Italy what the last game was to New Zealand. So it's just put everything out there. Italy, I think in the back of their minds, whether they like it or not, subconsciously, consciously knew that this wasn't make or break. And that actually, if, you know, if they lost to New Zealand, they've got another shot. Well, you can't unknow that. You can't unknow that. And also I think historically, we've sort of touched on this in the past, 
just what the All Blacks mean to an Italian who cares about rugby. I know that it's probably the same for most people around the world. Like you think of the All Blacks as this like unbeatable, incredible force. But like if you're an Italian who's grown up caring about rugby or in a rugby world, of which there are not a lot of us, New Zealand are like gods, actual gods. And so whether we thought that we could beat them or not, I just don't think we thought it as much as we know we can beat France. But also beating a New Zealand side who know they can't lose. Yeah. If they lose, they will be in the history books of their nation as an embarrassment. Yeah. They'd never lost a pool game before, let alone never got out of the pool stages. For them to lose this game would have been, they're leaving the country. Their names are written in blood in the history of the nation. It's impossible. You know, so to play that side, it's not a normal test match for them. This was was literally their national pride at the stake, 200%. You've got to be super up for that. And they were... at full strength, back at full strength for the first oh, time of in course, forever. Because it's what it's what they needed. What Italy would have had to do to beat the All Blacks last week, the way the All Blacks played and approached the game, would have been identical to what England did four years ago in the semi-final against the All Blacks. Yeah. And that was one of the best games of rugby England have ever played. But it costs them the World Cup final because you can't do that twice. Yeah. So you're asking for perfection. Yeah. And we said it, right? We were like, oh, when we were analysing the Uruguay game, like, oh, well, they're going to have to fix their breakdowns. They're going to have to fix their lineouts if they're going to they're gonna have to fix their exiting on the restarts if they're going to stand a chance because every penalty you give away, the All Blacks will come back biblically. Yeah, and then you go back on that 10, 15% non-show of a performance where you're missing 33 tackles. Players that don't normally miss tackles are missing tackles. And, you know, if you miss a tackle against the All Blacks, they just cut through you. They don't miss the last pass. Yeah. They don't make the wrong decision. They finish, finish, finish. Yeah. We saw an All Blacks on fire with everything on the line. And we saw an Italy that just didn't show up. But I'm still looking forward to next week. I think Italy can uh, do themselves proud. Whether they win or not, who knows. If they do win, I'll win 300 quid. If they don't win, but they do well... Well, hopefully that shuts the gammons up. And in the meantime, Benetton beat Ulster. Yeah, let's quickly talk about that. First game, but I mean, a friendly, a friendly, but they beat them. Benetton beat Ulster. And that is no small feat any time. But when you consider that Benetton are missing about 16 or 17 players yeah. to international duties, not just to Italy, they're also missing players to Argentina and Tonga, yeah. other places. And they've still got a few big injuries. That's huge. Yeah. Huge. It shows so where Benetton are going. They're, they're, they've got a massive, massive squad. Yeah. Some of their best players are away. Their, their entire pack, first pick pack, is at the World Cup. Yeah. I didn't recognise, I'm going to say, 60% of the names on that sheet that played. 9 through 15 were good. Yeah. As in, oh, as yeah, not, yeah, as yeah. in not good. They were all good. But 9 through 15 were... Names F1 recognises. Yeah. And they had their new scrum half, uh, Arun, who's come in to take over from Dubanaja. Uh, he, he did well. Umanga looked great at 10. So, yeah, things are looking brilliant for Benetton. I think this year Benetton could actually be an absolute force. They need to win away yeah, early. Yeah, they need to sort that out early on. Early on, they need to sort that out. But their squad is good enough to give the best 
serious problems. I mean, remember last year, they got to the semi-final of the Challenge Cup. And this year, they've got some big, big names to join that. Yeah. And they've got and a new kit. Kit's lovely. It's got a map of Treviso on it. Coach, you like it? I like that they've uh, they've put a map on it. I like it. Yeah. They are incorporating the walls. The only thing I, I thought that you would probably have liked them to put into the map is just like little spots where the, the spritzes can be found. All over. Yeah, just be a, <laughs> just be a line. Just be the roads, actually. <laughs> They've all got spritzes on. I want to go back for some spritz. I know, right me too. I'm craving some spritz. Well, hopefully we'll be there in November. And it was nice to see Ben back. Ben and, and his, his red mistress. Looks like an ant. Coach, coach doesn't want to talk about her. Don't know what, what, why she's needed. It's for the yeah. Panthers, the the women's team. Can't we just share then? Yeah, it's a good point. Um, Zebre lost by I think two points to Glasgow away in Glasgow. Obviously, that's the opposite because Glasgow were missing a ton of internationals, and again, not just to Scotland, to Argentina, all yeah. over the place. Zebre were missing. I think five, six uh-huh. internationals, maybe seven. Plus um, injury, like Pelagri's obviously still injured. Yeah. And... What I mean is compared to the Benetton game, where Benetton were missing about yeah. 17, Ulster were missing four. So this is the flip, absolute mirror reverse. And Glasgow did a Benetton and won by a couple of points. But how exciting for Zebre to be in there with a couple of points and... For the real train spotters, a couple of those tries were scored in typical Zebra fashion by the Whippets running around, making two-on-ones, flying into the corner. Beautiful stuff. But a couple of them were maul tries, rolling maul tries, which is something that Zebra have struggled with over the last season. Scrum, line-outs, yeah. that's not their jam. So to see them putting in set-piece tries in the forwards against really decent opposition with loads of their big names coming back, most of them in the forwards, that's really good to see. Yeah, and in classic Zebra style, they um, obviously lost by four points, but staged a massive comeback because at halftime the score was 28-3 and the full-time score was 33-29. So classic Zebra. If they um, sort out their, their massive deficits that they keep having to come back from, this could be their season. And since we've last been together, gentlemen, of course, the big news is that Marisi has now signed with Zebra. So Zebra looking solid. Huge. I think we mentioned it last pod that we weren't sure where he would go because he was signed for a Vigo, but his international days didn't seem behind him. And the knowledge, the skill as well, because he's still really good. And he yeah. needs to be at Zebra because he needs to be playing for Italy still. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. That's huge. So imagine that Zebra side there, but then you add on to it. I don't know. Manfredi, Bonfiglio, Marisi, Fischetti, Pelledri. Oh, I mean, that team, that can cause some Pani, problems. Jesse. Yeah, that can cause some absolute problems. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Um, on the Fischetti mention, we should probably talk about the other sad, tragic part of the thumping which was again in the last episode we were saying how great it is to have got this far in the world cup and done so well and the plans going all to plan um and no injuries alas yeah biscetti's gone he won't be playing against france he'll be back for the quarterfinals maybe 
Will he? He's got three broken ribs. Yeah, yeah, they don't last long. No, I don't know if he will. I don't know. <laughs> if he can't come back from three broken ribs, and what's his face can come back from a broken face. <laughs> what's his face? <laughs> I won't say his name. <laughs> I forgot his name, to be honest. <laughs> Dupont. Yeah, that guy. He broke his face. And he might be coming back. So I think we need He is coming doctors. back. He's back in training. Did you not see his training? He's yeah, like running up and down the pitch doing Three broken tests. ribs should be nothing. And, um, well, the other one, which is annoying, was um, Nicotera, who probably will be back for France, was done for a concussion, yeah. HIA. And Lamb as well. They're not sure about. But what's such a piss take about Nicotera is that when he did a tackle, all right, there's nothing wrong with the tackle. There's nothing wrong with the uh, with what the the Kiwi player did. It's all fine, but he just he just took a hip bone to the temple, and clearly fucked himself doing it. He couldn't move. He's rolling around on the floor. He can't move properly. He's clearly just been knocked out. He doesn't know he's been knocked out, but he has. And then the ref gives a penalty against him for not rolling away quick enough yeah. when he's clearly away with the fairies and then no doctor on the side comes back and says, actually, this guy's had it because it wasn't a sort of elbow to the face, high tackle, whatever. It was just a, a sort of innocuous hit. But how can they give away a penalty when you can't move, but you can't move because you're concussed? Yeah. Mental. I bring it up because we saw it live and... Millions of other people saw it live and went, he's not with it. Yeah. He's, he's not rolling away out of, like, spite. There's no gamesmanship. There's nothing. He literally doesn't know which is his right hand and which is his left hand at that moment in time. And you've just gone, oh, penalty. And that's why Italy lost. Because <laughs> if you take away that, which led to a try, and you take away the bounce of the ball later yeah, on, I think six that's... minutes in... Well, that, that goes a long way to Italy winning. <laughs> when obviously this deluge of a game was happening, coach just messaged being like, should we just pretend on the podcast that Italy won? <laughs> just like go with that. So we don't really know how to approach this, but um, let's look. Quite well. Good. They should be ashamed of themselves. <laughs> okay. No, they shouldn't. Let's stay away from that. <laughs> We, we support these people. Right. Let's look quickly ahead. Um, before we start looking ahead to the very, very near future, which is this Friday's game against France, we should mention that the women, the Italian women, are off to South Africa to take part in the World 15 tournament this October. So we will, of course, be keeping an eye on that. They played Japan this weekend and sadly lost by one point, which is brutal. It's... Sylvia Turani, get me my shorts. Well, you should message her because she's out in South Africa. She'll be getting loads of stash out there. So, yes, we'll speak to Sylvia. We wish her all of the luck. We wish everyone all the luck. We will be following that. I think they've got three games over the course of the month of October. World 15. Keep your eyes peeled. Right. Um, okay, guys, we've got a couple of days before Italy's possibly last game of this World Cup. Hopefully not, but possibly. France, they're missing a lot of players. What do you do? Send them out again. Obviously, injuries dependent. The same team. You send the same team. Just go out again. No, no. I totally shake it off. No, shake it off. No, no. Do better. No. 
I disagree. Normally, I'm all for like if you play bad, there's competition in the squad, someone else is going to take your place. But you can't change everyone. So just go out there, same personnel, and this time, don't cock it up. Yeah. I disagree. I disagree. I disagree. Otherwise, what you're doing is you're you can't change everyone. And if you don't do that, what you're doing is you're pinpointing, you're pointing at people and going, you are particularly shit. And you were particularly well, shit. Well, I'm sorry, but that shit. is competitive sport. No, yeah, yeah, it is. But in a game when you lose 96 17, 96 points, no one's in any position to point any fingers. You either throw it in the bin or you analyze it. I agree, I agree. Hang on, I agree. For the I bin. know you want Fusco starting at nine. Yes. I know you don't want Varney starting at nine. That has nothing to do with what you saw in the New Zealand game. You had those no, opinions no, no, the New I, Zealand no, game. no, no. I, I, I also think for the bin, absolutely throw it in the bin. But I also think that you pick a team based on your opposition. So your opposition was New Zealand last week, but this week it's France. So you might want to pick a different team. No, no, the same team. It's the last thing they'll expect. <laughs> this is the thing you've done the last 300 times. <laughs> exactly. Which is why they won't expect it this time. The enemy has us surrounded to the north, the south, the east and the west. They won't get away this time. <laughs> we can shoot at them from all angles. <laughs> That that's not actually a blackadder. That's a legitimate American nutcase in the Korean War, and he lived to tell the tale. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, he got that out. No Twitter needed yeah. for that. He was doing something. We're right. not going to retreat. We're going to attack in a different direction. <laughs> that should be their motto this weekend. Attack in a different direction. That's again. That's him. That's this is all on his on his wireless. It's just American. Okay, coach, you agree? Play the same fucking team. I mean, it doesn't really matter. What? Well, it does. It doesn't. Like there were some players that weren't up to par. Up to par. So, yeah, Varney. But he's. It wasn't his attack. It was his defense. It was. Um, I mean, it was everyone's defense. To be fair, but yeah, it doesn't really matter. Um. Because they've got to do a lot of stuff that matters off the pitch through this game, which has proved to everybody that the tier one, two, the tier two people showing up at them can't do that anymore because that's what this game means to everybody is that you've got to prove to the, the whole world, unfortunately, because it is a World Cup and it is on television that you have approved and you can take on the best. And and win, and, and that you and, are tier yeah. one because the amount of people who are like, oh, watching New Zealand beat like a tier two team, it's like go fuck yourselves, come on. Yeah, now. but they are they are normally armchair rugby fans who just look at the score, yeah, 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 and go, you know, oh well, that's it, losing it. You know, they just go straight back to the old tropes. First, it was Georgia should join, and then it was South Africa should join, and then Georgia haven't won a game in this World Cup. They couldn't even beat Portugal, so now it's Georgia or Portugal should join. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yes, but you're you're absolutely right because I, I think what people are crying out for, not to sound like a conservative politician, <laughs> but I think what people really want, all right, you know, but seriously, they actually do want this, is 
they just want rugby to open up a bit. And they're fed up with the same home nations and the same thing protecting itself and not letting the other guys play. Like, let the boys play or let the girls play. Let anyone bloody play. Like, so anyone watching Georgia or Wales, who's a neutral, will be supporting Georgia because they want Georgia to come out and do the thing and prove themselves. Yeah. And they'll probably be watching France, Italy, and they'll be wanting France to win because they want they want Italy... Italy are the butt of this because they they are the bottom of tier one. So they they are the step. They're the stepping stone. All right. If anyone's going to go, it's going to be them. And it's really easy to say, oh, get rid of Italy and put Georgia in. Obviously, that's not how professional sports work. And it's more complicated than that. And Italy, like it or not, are in the G7. They've got quite a lot of money. So they're quite and they've got 60 million people. So they're actually quite... No, that's important as well, because that's how sports works, is money. They've got 60 million people. They're in the bloody G7. You don't kick that out of your market, all right? You don't kick that out to have, like, a small GDP sort of... I'm not insulting any nation here, but the thing is, they're not bloody Italy, is what I'm saying. Italy's, regardless of their jet to debt to GDP, quite a wealthy <laughs> bloody nation. And you want them, right? He's Wales coming got to my three million people. Come Wales to has the got right. three million people. Italy's got sixty million people. All right. And they're uh, and in general that they're, they're they're quite wealthy, right? Whether they pay their tax or not, that's a discussion to be had on another day. <laughs> on right? another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> on another podcast. We don't need to talk about it. But anyway, Italy gets this because it's 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 where they are in the rugby world, where they are the bottom of tier one. And if anyone's going to get a kicking, it's going to be them. But they're above tier two and tier two are trying to claw them down. It makes perfect sense for people to be pushing for this because what people really want is they want they want an expansive, fun world of rugby. And it's bloody boring, really, having six teams over there that play each other every year. You've got four teams down south that play each other every year. And meanwhile, you've got these other teams, which literally probably couldn't even pay for TV coverage. And as we've all just seen, Portugal run the ball like nutters. Yeah. Right? They're, they're so fun. We know Georgia are good, and we know that Georgia run the ball well. Spain aren't here because some South African chaps screwed them, but they're also really good. So why is World Rugby doing everything it can to stop these guys playing the bloody game? And of course, that means that Italy get a kicking because they're the gateway. But really... It's not about having a gateway and it's not about Italy getting kicked. It's about giving Portugal and Spain and bloody Uruguay and, 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 and all these teams that have managed to turn up to a World Cup. It's about giving them the opportunity to show themselves and actually giving them some cash. All right. And World Rugby has done nothing for it. They haven't got a plate for the competition. They've got nothing. Namibia had to play four games in 18 days. Imagine if France had to play four games yeah. in 18 days. Fuck, you would hear about it. No one gives a shit because it's Namibia because that's how World Rugby are. But anyway, the point is, that's why Italy get it kicking. People want to see more teams. They want it to turn into the bloody Euros. Yeah. All right. They Greece won the Euros in 2004. Four? Four? 
two. In the early 2000s. Four. four. Greece... 2004. 2004, you're right. You're thank, right. thank you. Greece won. That could never happen in rugby because they wouldn't be bloody invited to the tournament. Um, on that, really quickly, just because you mentioned the Namibia having four games in 18 days, um, I think it's worth, for anyone who didn't listen or didn't watch the Uruguay-Namibia game in the UK, actually, because there was coverage pre this game, um, and there was Gareth Thomas and Lawrence Delalio and... Rory Best. And they were the three sort of pre-match commentators and mid-match commentators, post-match commentators um, that ITV hired to to talk about this game. And I was surprised by the honesty and openness with which they actually critiqued a lot of the current world rugby or rugby status quo. I don't have their words to hand. But essentially, both Gareth Thomas and Lawrence Delalio went into detail about how refereeing decisions in this World Cup have very clearly been in favour of the Tier 1 teams. And they went so far as to say that it was sort of an unconscious bias towards Tier 1 teams. Yeah. Well, Lawrence Delalio said that he doesn't think a Tier 1 nation would get the same bans that the Tier 2 nations are getting. Gareth Thomas said it was an unconscious bias against Tier 2. Why are they getting those bans? And then Rory Best, on a different topic but similar, was saying that World Rugby were a shambles because they'd let teams like Namibia play 18 uh, sorry, four games in 18 days. And to put that in perspective, Namibia have a bunch of semi-professional players. They've never played at this level and you're forcing them to play New Zealand, France, Italy and Uruguay in 18 days. It's madness. Total. They finished their entire World Cup campaign before some of the Tier 1 nations had played their third game. Yeah, yeah. No, it's absolute madness um, and desperately unfair. And World Rugby elongated the tournament so that the pool stages could last an extra week so that the teams could have a bit more time to rest. And Namibia got none of that. If anything, they've been punished harder. Yeah, and that just wouldn't happen to any tier one team. It just wouldn't. So it was really surprising and really good of them to mention that, I thought. It was finally, it just feels like I'd almost, well, I had given up on a lot of kind of English punditry. And that was really refreshing to hear. I mean, arguably you could say it's it's so obvious that you can't not say something, but I was surprised that they did. Well, the bands have been mental. Yeah. The disparity in the bands, six weeks there, one week there. Whatever. What made Coach Mad this week? What actually made me mad is the fickleness of the press. Uh huh. I said it. They can go from saying that this might be an upset that Italy will beat New Zealand because they want it so bad because it hasn't really been a massive upset yet at the World Cup, really. And then they've gone from that to overnight. Let's kick him out of the Six Nations. <laughs> and I just don't know how how that's like acceptable to anyone who reads it. Like, who's reading that and going, yeah, 
That's that's not an overreaction in any shape or form. It's very left turn. <laughs> Everybody was you know, talking about it before, you know, before the game on Friday. It was like, yeah, this could be an upset. Woo. And, then on, and then you come in on Monday and it was like, what happened there? What happened? And subsequently they should be. Get rid of them. Kick them out. Yes, kick them out. They're useless. I was like, well, yeah, it's just the fickleness of it. It's so boring. Yeah. And that's what made Coach mad this week. That's good. I think that was a very good one. Anyway, uh, right, everyone say goodbye. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I mean, if you're still with us at the end of this episode, I don't know what's happening. It's midnight. I've not really eaten today. I've had a long day. I had a meeting with Lambeth Council. Yeah. So thank you for sticking with us. Thank you for listening again. Um, as usual, if you like us, if you haven't already, please rate us five stars. We really appreciate it. It helps so, so much. You have no idea. And follow us on, we've got it all, the Twitter, the Instagram, the TikToks, the YouTubes. Although I feel like the TikTok and the YouTubes are still coming along, guys. There'll be more. There'll be more. Yeah, we've also we've got it all. We've also got the uh, OnlyFans. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. We'll be back next time. We'll be back. Italy might be in the quarterfinals, guys. We didn't actually discuss. Even if they win, they don't automatically go into the quarterfinals. Italy are on ten points. France are on thirteen. If they end up on the same amount of points, which could only happen if Italy win, they go through. If Italy win, which means Italy would be 14, France would be 13, but France get a four-try bonus point and finish within seven points, they'd get two losing bonus points, which would mean it was Italy 14, France 15. So the only way Italy don't go through if they win is... If France gets two losing bonus points, it's very complicated, but that's it. But, you know, if Italy win, whether they go through or not, it doesn't matter. Jobs are good and jobs done. Yeah, they redeem themselves. I mean, um, they I mean no, they, if they win, they really ought to go through because that would be heartbreaking. They, they should go through, but they would have they would have still redeemed themselves um, in terms of the eyes of the world by beating France. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, the press will be like. <laughs> oh, what a shame. They could have gone to the quarterfinals. Tragedy strikes. <laughs> right. So basically, if they win, they should be good. It should be good. Right. It's a big if. It's a big if. But hopefully it's not worse than last week. We'll see you guys afterwards, I guess. In Boca Lupo. Ciao, arrivederci. Ciao, 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 ciao. Ciao. Ciao a tutti. <laughs> Thank you.